Hello, it's we again. Hello, everyone. <laughs> what, it's from the show? It is. It took me a second, but it is. <laughs> I just don't know that song. <laughs> no, I'd never heard of it before I saw this episode. Not tonight, obviously. Ever since I've seen this episode, I've been aware of the song, but never heard of it. It's certainly not a well-known song. No. Maybe it's just one they could get for a cheap, low price from Cheap Trick. No pun intended. There. Makes sense. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to How I Met Your Podcast, Frunkle Recaps, episode 1.10, The Pineapple Incident. What did you think? I enjoyed it. Oh, and welcome, Jen. Hi, Steve. I'm here, I, too. You know, actually, before we get into that, you know, we have a lot to catch up on and our listeners. You know, first of all, we sincerely, sincerely apologize. We took an extra week to podcast because we went out of town to Guatemala. If you check our Instagram, there's pictures. Oh, is there? Yeah, I put some of the pretty view ones on. Oh, I was going to suggest that. That's funny. Yeah, it's underscore how I met your podcast underscore on Instagram if you want to see some of the beautiful views of what we're looking at the last week. In Spanish, they say vistas. I did not know that. Anywho, yeah, we, we had spoken about it on our last podcast, and we did intend to try and do an extra one last week, but uh, things just got very busy. No assigning blame. It was Jen's fault. We had a lot to do, a lot to pack. <laughs> All true. And last night, oh, so uh, Guatemala, we had some chances to do some How I Met Your Mother quotes with Robin <laughs> having gone to, what was it, Peru? Argentina. Or Argentina? Okay. And just experience your food, and <laughs> I think there's a couple other things that we came up with as we were there. A drum circle. It's different oh, every time. Oh, yeah. There was like, we were at a barbecue on the lake at somebody's kind of pop-up restaurant there, and there a bunch of different guys brought different sorts of instruments, and they started playing, and then we started talking about drum circles. And I think it was a legit drum circle. There was a guy with a drum. Yeah, and then another guy with like sort of a shaker noise yes. thing. I think it counted as a drum circle. And there was a lot of quote-unquote travelers coming through, a lot of free spirits. <laughs> Just go with it. So... And then last night we had a good time. We went to a gala for celiac disease, shine the light on celiac, yes. with our friends Vanessa and Eric, who we've actually referenced once on this podcast. Oh, you guys get a second shout out, and actually ties into this episode since Robin went to a gala. Oh, I didn't even think of that. But I will say that I did get a. We Don't did get say it. What the complaint that? Oh no, I thought you were going to say the soul boner. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even think of that. I would have said it. <laughs> yeah, we also gave uh, to a, a bunch of clothes to a, a recently um, migrated Afghani, fan, Afghani family that is taking refuge in the U.S. So between that and donating to Celiac, we are good people. <laughs> we are good people. Our friend, we, our friend Eric and, and Vanessa, Vanessa sort of runs this whole Celiac thing. And puts on a really good show at the gala. We get invited, we're honored to be invited to it every year. And reminded them that we have this podcast because they are two people who have watched their way through How I Met Your Mother and they listen to podcasts. And Vanessa actually has a podcast in regards to gluten-free cooking and stuff. And she did complain that in my top ten shows list, I did not include Grey's Anatomy. Yes, it's quite the slight. That's a good show. So... Just so you know, Vanessa, I have Grey's Anatomy at number 21 oh, so in my close. top TV shows rankings. 
So Jen had guessed that maybe it was top top twenty. Didn't quite make that. I do like it. It's, I do think it's also going on too long, and yet I still look forward to watching it every it's week. Always good. Yeah, it's always enjoyable. I, there's a lot of dramas that I just couldn't hang on this long, and I'm not sure what it is about this show that I continue to like. I think maybe it helps that they sort of have new cast members come in. Mm-hmm. ER did this too. I just didn't hang on as long, but that was also a, you know I was a lot younger then. I don't think ER didn't last this long either. Grace is on. 15 or 16 seasons. Yeah, but ER was more than 10, I think, which was unusual for dramas in that time. I mean, this is, you know, the early to mid-2000s. Grace has been on so long, I started watching it in college. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been out of college a long time. Oh, and I also wanted to plug Vanessa's book. If you folks out there are into gluten-free diets or have celiac, she has written, I think, four books now, four cookbooks. She's well-renowned as a chef for uh, gluten-free diets, and this book that she, I guess, just put out is My Gluten-Free Family Kitchen. And we had all gluten-free at the gala. It was all her recipes. It was all delicious. So So good. So wonderful. And while I'm promoting friends' books, I might as well uh, promote my brother's book as well, Benjamin Runkle. He wrote Generals in the Making. If you like military history, he's your guy. This one's about how Marshall, Eisenhower, Patton, and their peers became the commanders who won World War II. So, you know, what they were doing in World War I, what they did in between, and then ultimately their contribution to World War II. Okay, the pineapple incident. I have this... Oh, I'm having trouble reading my hand right now. It looks like one ranked 138, which is, I think, the second lowest rank we've had so far out of all the shows. And you are alone in this, I think, in the greater How I Met Your Mother world. I was doing some Googling of the episode, and it is the most watched episode of season one and the second most watched episode of the series. And it got like a 9.2 on IMDb, which I think... Is tied for the highest in season one on IMDb. I haven't looked through all of the IMDb ratings for the show, but we'll keep track of that. Yeah, so a lot of people like this episode, and... Whose side are you on, or in between? You know, I I enjoyed it, and I liked the unfolding of the story, which I think is, again, one of the things that the show does really well, is, you know, building a story out and seeing, like, okay, we're going to get a little bit from Marshall and Lily, a little bit from Barney, a little bit from Carl, a little bit from Trudy, Mm -hmm. and then put it all together. I can't quite put my finger on what it was about this episode that I didn't love, but I, I do agree with you that the way they structured the story was done really well, and they I'm not sure if they've done it quite this way before now, but they do it a lot later mm-hmm. as, as the show goes along, which is revealing one part of the story and then revealing the other. Like, this is the other side that you don't know as you're watching the first part. Right. But I know we've seen this before. Yes. And we've podcasted about it before, but... That is out in the ether of computers. Yeah, I can't remember when we were talking about it. Okay, we start off with the narrator talking about to his kids about the one story he doesn't remember out of all the stories he's telling them, and that's the pineapple story. We start off in McLaren's, and Carl comes over and is bringing the gang uh, shots on the house, which he calls the Red Dragon. Everyone is thankful, but then when he walks away, they kind of balk at it and literally says it looks like blood. I don't think it looks anything like blood. It's way too watery. <laughs> I actually didn't look that closely at him. I was just 
thinking of how much I hate shots. This brings about a conversation that I actually enjoyed, which is Marshall's vampire theory, that yeah. Carl's actually a vampire. He wears <laughs> black. He, they only see him at night. And he says it later, but I'll put it into this grouping. Um, there's no items on the menu with garlic. What about garlic fries? I'll get back to you. <laughs> that was a really good exchange. Yeah, no, I really like this. And, you know, Robin brings up the point, well, yeah, here's all the things that are also true of a bartender. Mm-hmm. But we know Marshall's into supernatural and... Superstitions. Yeah. So, no, I think it's a fun little side thing that they do. Somehow, I forget how, it's revealed that, and I think it's through Lily, that Robin's about to go out with a billionaire. He's not a billionaire. He's a hundred millionaire. I and people always round up. Ted makes a snarky comment about Thurston Howell. Did you get that? Yeah, Gilligan's Island. Okay. Did you ever see Gilligan's Island? Yeah. I mean, I never watched it regularly, but, you know, seen episodes here or there as a kid. I think it was on Nick at Night a lot. I'm not sure. I feel like I've seen probably like 90% of the episodes, but I, only one one through, run through. It wasn't one of those shows that I watched over and over again as a kid. Yeah, no, I, there's no way I've seen every episode. There's a podcast about friends that I'm kind of enjoying. I think it's called How You Doing? Like, how you <laughs> doing? And one of the guys that's on it has been on Robin Akiva's podcast because they did a episode 3.7 about friends. Oh, and they pulled him that. on as their expert because I guess he's one of their fans and has written in a lot. Nice. And he's <laughs> incredibly low energy on his podcast. Like, he talks like this and doesn't really get out of this place. He's kind of like Sad Ross, <laughs> the way he delivers his commentary. And he goes, he even goes more beat by beat than we do. Like, he says pretty much every line of the show, which I don't love. But it's, it's he probably... He himself? No, and this is the fun part that I actually do like is he does it with, like, a millennial that he works with. Which, at the end, they go over all the things that, at her age, as a 23-year-old, she wouldn't have gotten. I don't think that's a millennial. I think that's Gen Z. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's Gen Z. So she's Gen Z. But I try it with you, and you get more things, and I, <laughs> I kind of want you not to get as many things. And that's one of the things I actually like about that show is how many things she doesn't understand. Right. Even things that like, were from like 10 years ago that you would think she should yeah, and I don't know if we've talked about it before, but Steve's Gen X, and I'm right on the cusp of being a very old millennial. Very old. Very old. <laughs> no, because, yeah, the cutoffs for millennials change depending on you know, whose definition, but I was born in 82, and that's typically thrown into the old millennial category. We're... There's a little bit of back and forth on the billionaire or 100 millionaire and a little more rounding joke, which I didn't love. And Barney asks if she's going to put out. He goes into a sort of transactional relationship mode. I just have Barney is terrible and super racist. He says, like, Mutu, is that? Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, we'll skip over that kind of stuff because it was, it, even at that time, it was just okay, I think, as a joke. As Robin walks... Well, I would say, too, I mean, I don't think they put it in as, like, yeah, yeah, this is hilarious, because, you know, Lily makes a comment about, yeah, how terrible he is. Yeah, but I don't think they had it... I I feel like it's just one of those things that probably they didn't foresee as being offensive later on, but it just doesn't age well. Yeah, I don't know. So Robin goes on to her date with the hundred millionaire... And everybody just kind of, like, checks in with Ted, like, you know, you okay with this? And, you know, he tries to play it off. You know, he's fine. He 
doesn't think they should be together anyway. They want different things. And just last week, we had her trying to hook him up. And we got something a little wrong. We couldn't remember. You know, they go through this thing of her saying that she's, her, her giving to charity is her, has been accomplished by her trying to find him a date. And they were like, is that true? Has she been trying to find him a date? We forgot that, okay, awesome. She did set him up with a friend at okay, awesome at the club. Right. Okay. But that's still, how many is that? Oh, that's still a ways. Or no, did we already do okay? Yeah, we already did okay, awesome. I'm still so mixed up from these ones that we did and <laughs> yeah, I know. had to re-podcast. I can't wait till we like get past that and I finally know what's going on. Barney starts to try and distract Ted by showing him some women sitting at a booth. There's this thing about a short girl with large bosoms and says that, you know, that's awesome because it makes her like half boob. I thought that joke was okay yeah. when it happened. It doesn't age as well. It's kind of funny. And Ted wants to know what he's going to say when he goes up to them. He says, Daddy's home. Ugh. Yeah, it's really it's creepy. It's so bad. It's really, you know, it makes me come out of my skin a little bit. And he uses this quite a bit. Yeah, they this actually, is not the only <laughs> I think they actually do a fairly good job of bringing it back, um, stuff with Daddy, mm-hmm. and then, you know, kind of challenging him on how effective that is. Right. <laughs> So gross. He goes over and... Although he does have a good line where Ted's like, are you sure? And he's like, eh, I think it's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. He goes over, does his line, they, you know... Yeah, we don't know anything about that yet. Oh, I think I might have... I wrote this a long time ago, so I might have did a little out of order. Right, no, so we go back to the vampire theory real quick, because Marshall chimes in. This is where he <laughs> brings up, well, are there any items on the menu with garlic? Right. And that's when we get the well, garlic fries and Marshall's good. Yeah. I'll get back to you. <laughs> and then we see Barney come back and he has the number. That's right. He, he comes back with the number and sort of bragging about it and telling, telling Ted that he overthinks things too much instead of thinking you just do. And there's, I, I don't like it when they go back to these doo-doo right. jokes. I don't think it works. I, I think it's trying to sort of pin... Pigeonhole them as being um, immature and having immature sense of humors. Okay. Ted starts going on about, and I don't enjoy this part either, Ted going on about how he happens to have a very powerful, powerful mind or brain. And he's really pontificating on this thing. And, you know, I I agree he's he's sort of high-minded at times. We find out a little more later. But him trying to talk about how brilliant he is just comes <laughs> off as really arrogant and not exactly true from things we've seen. <laughs> but I think Ted prides himself on being a smart guy, so it fits in with his character, even if it's not necessarily true. Barney's solution is to offer, to talk Ted into taking all the shots, all five of them, the ones that Carl brought over. Yep, he can shut down his powerful brain. And Marshall has a cute rhyme about, you overthink, maybe you should overdrink. Ted looks for Lily to, to be the parent in the room, and she play it, pretends to, and then goes, drink, drink, drink. Yeah. So he gets peer pressured into it and ends up doing all five shots, which is disgusting. Where was his super brain when he was trying to do math during the Matchmaker episode? Or when he's trying to write Professor on the board. Well, that comes later. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Another example of it. Right. It's one of my favorites. 
And then after a few shots, he kind of goes to black and says, I don't remember anything after that. And then we sort of get a... Well, and then between the shots, he's you know talking more about his brain. His super brain. This, nothing can shut off yeah. this brain. No ordinary brain. It's a super brain. They go into this shot of like, you know, cartoony vertigo spinning lines of what his memory is of the night. And then they have him waking up in his bedroom. This is the first time we get to see Ted's room. He sees a pineapple and then a girl on the other side of him, just the back of her head. And this is to sort of fool us into thinking that it's Robin in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a girl with dark brown hair. And then his ankle hurts when he gets up. <laughs> like he goes out to ask Lillian Marshall what happens. And Marshall goes, you really don't remember, super brain? <laughs> that was a good line. Yep. And a direct answer to my complaint about Ted in this episode. <laughs> right. Okay, we're at McLaren's, and we're starting to get into Drunk Ted because they're retelling the story. And we, they just kind of replay, you know, jump into it. They don't have you know, commentary over it or anything like that. It's just our assumption is at this point this is what Ted's being told about the night. And I got to say, and I said this to you while we were watching, I don't think Ted played a very good drunk person. No, it wasn't. I think it's hard to play a good drunk person. I don't know, maybe it's only good when you're watching it and it's very cartoony drunk. Like, if you see, when you see Barney play drunk in later episodes, it's very cartoony. Mm-hmm. I think maybe his drunk was too subtle or something. I don't know what it was, but it, it wasn't funny. Yeah, it wasn't, like, over-the-top slurring, which I feel like a lot of sitcom drunk acting tends to go to, but I don't know. Yeah, I didn't love it either. He tells Ted, drunk Ted, as they start to call him, tells Carl that Marshall thinks he's a vampire. <laughs> that, you know, gets a response from Marshall, like, dude. And then Ted talks about how he won't get sick because he's been vomit free since 93. But then he calls Robin. And Marshall makes a comment as he's calling him, saying, bad idea, jeans. And for those of you who didn't grow up watching Saturday Night Live like I did, Bad idea, jeans. It was very a, a very subtle reference here. Yeah, really but nice. it was a it was a skit on Saturday Night Live in the nineties, where three or four guys are getting ready to go. You know, they're on a bench in a park and getting ready to play basketball. And I can't remember who it is. I feel like it's Kevin Nealon and maybe David Spade. Maybe David Spade and uh, who's the one whose wife killed him? Uh, Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. Maybe it was like sort of that grouping of guys, and they're going around. Mentioning things that are going, that decisions they're making in their lives as they're kind of having a bull session with each other and stretching out, getting ready for the game and tossing the ball around a little bit. And a comment comes over after everything they say going, bad idea, jeans. So for some reason, these jeans are called bad idea. That's the name of the jeans. But it became sort of a catchphrase. Ah, good old SNL in the 90s. And I will mention some of the things that the guy, the bad idea jeans guys were going to do. Some of them are pretty funny. So Kevin Nealon's definitely one of the guys. He says, hey, we've got our apartment. We ripped up the floors, pipes, wiring, and have everything completely redone. Another guy says, you're renting, right? Guy one says, yeah. Eh, that one's yeah. not so good. Yeah. Another guy says, and then he goes, bad idea. Next guy, well, he's an ex-freebase addict, and he's trying to turn around, and he needs a place to stay for a couple of months. Now, that one's just being nice to somebody. Yeah, if he's an ex-addict. <laughs> Some of these don't play as well in the long term. Uh, now that I have kids, I feel a lot better about having a gun in the house. 
That one's a hot. That one's a hot potato now th- these days. God, I hope that wasn't Phil Hartman saying that. Oh God! Wow, now I gotta watch it. Another guy. I thought about it, and even though it's over, I'm gonna tell my wife about the affair. <laughs> Bad idea. That one's pretty good. I don't know the guy, but I've got two kidneys, and he needs one. So I figured. Uh, that, yeah, nice. again, that's just a nice thing. This one's good. Normally I wear protection, but then I thought, when am I going to make it to back? When am I going to make it back to Haiti? Oh, not appropriate. All right. Anyway, so it we doesn't. Get the gist. It, it doesn't pass the Gen time machine. It does judgment not. meter. It does not. At, at, at. <laughs> okay, where were we? Bad idea, jeans. He calls Robin, and. He's drunkenly kind of flirting with her on the phone, saying that how bright she is. She should be on 60 Minutes. She should be one of the minutes. Then he tells her not to put out. Uh, his friends take his phone, and then Barney gives it back. Barney, at this point, thinks that, t- that Ted not thinking things through and just doing is a good idea. So just calling her is a good idea right now. And also, you know, Barney kind of likes to watch the world burn, so he wants to see what kind of idiotic mistakes Ted's going to make. That was beautiful, Jen. Why, thank you. Ted plays a song on the jukebox, Voices by Cheap Trick, which we already spoke about a little bit. And I don't know why this kind of bugs me. They all like have this look on their face like, oh, not this song. It's like, how have you ever heard of this song before? Maybe it's Ted's song. We just never, ever hear about it again. <laughs> there are some really good Cheap Trick songs out there, and this one is, I feel like, I mean, it's fitting for what's going on, Hello, It's Me Again, and then it sort of goes into this love ballad. So it makes sense for the Robin thing. Was Cheap Trick known for their ballads? I don't know. I'm just thinking of Barney and his Cheap Trick outfit. <laughs> yeah, they were sort of um, like a stadium band. They had some heavier stuff, but there were a couple good love ballads that they did. Okay. There's one that's like on the tip of my brain. I could kind of hear the tune. I can think of exactly zero Cheap Trick songs. Is it like The Rose or... No, it's some... Are you thinking of poison? Have you ever said it's thorn? No. Um, hold on. I'm actually going to look this up. There's I Want You to Want Me, but there's another one that's more famous. I'm not thinking Isn't of it. Isn't that The Clash? No. The Flame. That's what I was thinking of. The Flame. Uh, okay. dun, dun, dun. I, I won't try and recreate it. Um, but that that's kind of... Do you know which one that is? Do you remember that? It seems... From, I can't think of how it would go, but yeah, I... I think I know what song that is. Okay. He's, as Ted's playing the playing voices, he starts, he calls Robin back and starts singing to Robin as he stands on a chair. And for some reason, the whole bar is kind of into this. And they come back to the apartment. So they're out of the flashback now. And I think he fell out of the chair, too, before we go back to the apartment. Yeah, which he ex- fell down. He says that explains the, the ankle. And then he says, was there anyone else in there with me, referring to when they put him to bed? Because the next thing they show is them putting him to bed. And they go into the room and see the pineapple and note that his jacket is burnt. And so I like Lily's line, are you sure she's alive? <laughs> and then they call Barney, and they hear the phone ringing. Barney's in their bathtub. Apparently... He slept there. Porcelain keeps the suit from wrinkling. I, I like that line. <laughs> I cannot think of much that's more uncomfortable than sleeping in a bathtub. 
I don't. The next line I believe may not have been on the TV version. It was the yeah. Hulu version where Lily says, "Wait a second, were you there? Did you see me while I was going pee in the middle of the night?" And Marnie says, "No, I was asleep. No, I wasn't. I didn't like that." Yeah, it was a good thing to cut. Yeah, it wasn't funny. And Ted said, "There's something about him going to bed around one a.m." There. Then Barney. I guess Barney takes over the story from there. Yeah. And they're back on McLaren's, and Ted comes in and says, I'm back, baby, which comes his sort of catchphrase for the night. Baby doll. Oh, baby doll, that's right. And Barney's excited that he rallied. Barney seems to kind of be hanging out by himself at the bar and tries to pull Ted into a How have you met Ted with a fairly attractive woman sitting at a table there. And Ted disappears and is off trying to call Robin again. Which now Barney doesn't support. Yeah. I guess now he wants Ted to play wingman, or he wants to be wingman for Ted. Yeah, it becomes gets back into more selfish mode of the you know, I want what I want now, and right. threatens to set his coat on fire when <laughs> Ted calls Robin, ignores him, gets his coat set on fire, and Robin's starting to get annoyed with these calls we see on her end. Yeah, I mean, there's an ignore button. Yeah, she there's really no reason for her to continue to answer the phone. Yeah, it's actually kind of rude if she is like out with somebody else and she keeps taking calls from another guy. Right. You and I got into a big fight. No, you were texting with a guy when we were out on a date early on. Remember we got into a big fight about that? I do remember that. All right. Oh, we're- well, it all worked out. <laughs> I think that guy's dead now. <laughs> what did you do? Okay. Writing, somehow he takes up his, we see writing on his arm. I can't remember how we got there. I didn't write that down. No, we're not there yet. Oh. So... They ask Barney if he knows about a girl, and I love his, like, running to the bedroom, you know, seeing the girl in the bed, running back, like, just his physical comedy running Ah. is always entertaining to me. Um, And then Marshall, you know, Marshall's theme of this episode is, you know, what is going on with the pineapple? Barney doesn't know what's going on with that either. Um, And that's when they see... The note on... Oh, I think then Ted makes a comment of like, oh my god, yeah, did you burn me? And he like pulls up his sleeves and that's what Right, that makes sense. Yeah, they see that there's something written on his arm. Yeah. To the effect of, my name's Ted, if I get lost, please call this number. Right. So now they're all like fascinated. Before he calls the number, Marshall wants to go get some popcorn. <laughs> we go to commercial, we come back, he calls the number and it's Carl on the other end. And we sort of get Carl's part of the story where somehow he knows the part of the story where Barney put... Ted to bed. <laughs> and I love Ted. He was like, <laughs> one of my favorite Ted lines ever. Was, you know, Barney's tucking him in. Ted's super drunk. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Go into my stable and take my finest stallion. His name is Windjammer. Yeah, I like the way he says Wind- Windjammer. <laughs> Windjammer. Like he's got an effective accent from the right. Northeast. <laughs> it's so silly. I love it. There's a season, like three, Beverly Hills 90210, where the Dylan character gets sort of frustrated with his life and takes off on the road. On a horse? No, in, in his Porsche. <laughs> and his Porsche breaks down. He's approached by a woman, a woman on a horse who owns a ranch nearby, and she sort of takes him in for a few days. And there's like a sort of an almost romance between them. But she's got a award-winning horse named Windjammer, and so I always put those together. <laughs> That's funny. Maybe Ted's a 90210 fan. Hmm. We're Back in the story of McLaren's, he comes back in with another, I'm back, baby doll. And now nobody's there that he's friends with. Yeah, yeah. So he goes up and starts 
he thinks he's going to throw up. We don't see immediate completion on that story. Comes back out and he's talking with Carl for a little bit. Talks about karaoke and how it means it's Japanese for empty orchestra. Isn't that hauntingly beautiful? It is hauntingly beautiful. And then Ted makes another vampire comment (laughs) at Carl. I don't think you're a vampire. And Carl tells him to go home. Sun's coming up soon. And Ted goes, oh, yeah, wouldn't want me around for that, would you? That was a good line. Yeah, I like that. Then he says he wants to go to the zoo, sneak into the zoo and see the penguins. So that's when... There's some penguins, like, right now. Yeah, there's, there's sort of a continuing penguin theme. I'm not sure if we come back to it, but... Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. So that's when Carl decides to write on his arm in case Ted gets lost or in trouble. <laughs> and Carl makes, or Ted makes some comment to Carl about, we can't just be friends, we're attracted to each other. And then explains that he means him and Robin. Then he calls who he thinks is Robin and invites her back to his place. She says, yes, we don't hear the other end of the conversation. We're at the apartment and, and now... I have to go back. I like Carl in the background here. At first, he's kind of like just doing his like bartender thing, and then as Ted starts like you know talking to you know quote unquote Robin, you know asking her to come over, you see Carl just kind of like shaking his head like oh god what an idiot, and then as he realizes like oh the person's gonna come over, he Carl looks at him kind of like really <laughs> <laughs> that <funny>. worked, <laughs> and we don't see Carl's Lebanese girlfriend. No, Barney kind of celebrates here, takes credit for getting him further by making him take the shots with Robin than he's ever done using his brain. And then Ted starts to monologue about what all this means. Robin says, or Lily says, if you want to know what this means, why don't you ask Robin? Why don't you check with Robin? And (laughs) I kind of like this. Maybe you don't, but Ted's like, I don't even know what I would say. And then Barney goes, Daddy's home? (laughs) It's funny here, but it's still a terrible line. Uh, Yeah, it was only... The first one's only excused by the second one being kind of funny. Yeah. So he's about to wake her up, and then Robin calls. He's about to wake up who he thinks is Robin, and then he gets a call from Robin. Like how he's, are you sure? (laughs) So this is Robin. Are you sure? Robin wants to come by and talk, and Ted goes back outside and is wondering who that is, and then out comes Trudy. Trudy. Played by um, Danica McKellar, who was Winnie on The uh, The Wonder Years. And I got to say, having been about the same age as the kids on The Wonder Years when The Wonder Years came out, we all had a huge crush <laughs> on Winnie Cooper. With she's her, still cute. With her go-go boots. Go-go boots. Well, the first episode, it starts off as she's one of his nerdy friends in the neighborhood who seems to have a crush on him. And then she shows up for the first day of school wearing, like, a short skirt and go-go boots. <laughs> and they keep referencing the go-go boots. And Interesting. All the guys are like, Huh? I remember watching that. Like I was a kid, like maybe like second, third grade when that came out. And Danica McKellie, yeah, she does look wonderful here. She, I feel like she exited acting for a little while to get like a PhD in mathematics or something. Yeah, she's super smart. And I looked at her IMDb, and it is like eighty different voices for different hmm. animated series, mostly superhero stuff. So Trudy starts to fill us in. And it takes us back to McLaren. We get back to Barney's phone number gag where he says, Daddy's home. And she, she was talking about how she should hook up with the next guy she sees. He, Barney comes up and says that. She says, well, maybe the guy after that. And Barney's like, all right, fair enough. Just write down your number so I can make a point to my friend. No, I don't even think he asked her to write down. I think he just wrote down a number. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. 
So we cut to Trudy's scene and her friends kind of laughing at Ted for singing on a chair and Trudy thinks he's kind of cute. And then next time we see Ted, he's in the women's room and it turns out we find out here and he bumps into Trudy there that he didn't throw up and he's still vomit three, vomit free since 93. But he's actually not. Do you know why? Refresh my memory. He uh, re-returns. Read me a word picture. <laughs> he re-returns to Robin um, after the yeah the events the of first the pilot. Day. Yeah, we don't see this for another few episodes, but he goes back again, and he's very drunk, and he throws up on her. Yeah, good job. Um, I don't, and they don't reference this again, so they don't revisit the night the right vomit free since ninety three when they. Talk about the re-return, right. which is a really good episode. Yep. <laughs> the game night. Yep. So, just wanted to point that out. Ted's a liar. Well done, Nancy Drew. <laughs> okay. Trudy admires how he's kind of acting brazenly and says that she needs to do something stupid. And I like his line. You should definitely do something stupid. I'm something stupid. That's in do, do me. me. Oh, yeah. I'm something stupid. <laughs> do me. He gets her number. She tells him the origin of the karaoke name. So now we're kind of weaving the story back in here. Mm-hmm. And when he calls her, he's thinking she's Robin. So right. So he calls her to oh, that's confirm right. she, that, like, okay, yes, I got your number in right. And then when he goes to use his phone, he's been calling Robin all night. He assumes, yeah, I guess he just does the yeah, last dialed or whatever. And we see her getting the call in the cab right. and her decision to go see him at his place. Right. Kind of bold. A little risky. Yeah. On her part, that is. Or him. Maybe she's a murderer. You don't know. Yeah. Don't be sexist. <laughs> we are living in a gender-free society. <laughs> she could have been like the woman from Monster. That's true. Except much prettier. Yep. Okay. <laughs> we come back to the apartment and... I don't know if it was right away, but we get a marshal. Damn it, Trudy, what about the pineapple? <laughs> really loudly, too. <laughs> Poor Trudy. Robin comes in. The gang kind of clears the room. He has Trudy go back in his bedroom, but doesn't really explain to her why, but just says, it's not my girlfriend and I'm not married, as like, she assumes. <laughs> because the closed caption was on, I kind of caught <laughs> just random dialogue. And I have Lily, when Robin comes in, she goes, good sweater. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, just another one of those like silly things I think is funny. And then you know, Robin starts acting extremely condescending to him. Some parts justified. I think Robin is over this. Like they have been over this. She. They want different things. She's sick of Ted doing this over and over. Like she's trying to like be part of this friend group, and I feel like Ted's making it really uncomfortable. That's true. <laughs> She's still very condescending here, even though Ted's kind of like, look, I I was just drunk. I'm sorry. She could have kind of let it go. Okay, don't do that again, please. Right. But she's like, Ted. Like, she keeps it going. Yeah. No, she is. But again, I completely see her point of view, especially if she's out with somebody else. Like, he's called 9,000 times. That's true. But just ignore him. Yes. Yeah, that was an option. But him, stop calling. Okay, they're both in the wrong here. And the right. But mostly, he's in the wrong. But she's condescending. So... He tells her, wait a second, I'm over you too. I think it's when he says he's, oh, he's moved on too. She's like, really? You know, she kind of doesn't believe him. Which, which makes enough, sense. Because he was calling her all night. And he's like, he goes to get Trudy and no, there's no answer from inside his room. And he says, this is so Trudy. I think. 
and I love this. This is this is going to win his best joke for me. Where Robin goes in the room and shakes one of the leaves from the pineapple. Goes, nice to meet you, Trudy. <laughs> yeah, I think the shaking the leaves is the best part of that. And they have more conversation about this. He kind of concedes that. Yes, he was jonesing for her and, and not really over her, and he needs to work on that, even though he did sleep with somebody. But then she, you know, she points out he felt the need to hide it. So he's like, you're good. Um, you should be on 60 Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they go back through that joke again. And Comes back around. He says he left her a message but didn't hear back. So we do see... Trudy again in the future, but we'll... Yeah, I was going to say, don't, isn't she part of the tricycle? Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. That when he goes for the belt. Yeah. Yeah, so that is the end. Um, he says they never found out where the pineapple came from, which is, I guess, canon in the show, but there is a deleted scene from season nine. Are you aware of this deleted scene? I am not. Fill so, me season nine, episode 20, it's... I didn't look exactly at what all was going on in that episode, but I think it was when Lily is working for the captain and maybe she's like run off to his house or something. I can't remember, but for some reason Ted's there and talking to the captain and when they walk outside, there's a pineapple on the front stoop and Ted kind of asks like, yeah, what's the deal with the pineapple? And the captain says like, Oh, it's an old captain's tradition. It means hospitality blah, blah, blah. Um, and so the, the joke is that, like, oh, you know, I stole your wife. Sorry about that. And the captain's like, that's fine. Just, you know, you stole from me once. Don't ever steal anything from me again. And the joke is he had already stolen the pineapple years ago. So he stole the pineapple from the captain, you're saying? Yes. Yeah, and so then there's oh, a that's flashback. That's a long walk. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a flashback to 2005 drunk Ted walking by and seeing this pineapple on his stoop and taking it. So, I mean, it came back around, which I think everybody wanted from the show, because I think this, that's, I think, one of the reasons why this episode was so popular is that, yeah, it was one of the few things that was left unresolved. It's funny, because I was just about to make a comment that we never find out what happened to Pineapple or where it came from, so good. I can sleep now. So, anyway, that's the story of the Pineapple, um... And I also read, like, an interview with one of the creators who had mentioned, like, you know, this was a good lesson for them, that they learned not to do things like that. Like, oh, we never learned this. To never leave something completely... Blocked, yeah. So the lesson they learned was not to leave anything unanswered. But that... No, no, not to, like, shut it down like that, because they were like, oh, we never found out, and we never, you know, I never heard from her again. Okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. yeah. But, you know, this is you know, still early, early in the series. So that is all I have. Me too. Next week we have the limo. That's where they all, Ted gets them all a limo, and they go out for New Year's Eve. There's, there's some pretty fun stuff in that episode. I, it's not one of my higher-ranked ones, but there's some good running gags in it. Yeah. And, we, and we meet not Moby, who's really <laughs> yeah. good in it. <laughs> not Moby. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about favorite and least favorite jokes. My favorite joke, as I had mentioned, is the pineapple. Uh, Robin, Robin approaching the pineapple as though it was Judy and all in Ted's imagination. 
What was your favorite joke? There's so many actually out of this. I I do enjoy again, you know, the the whole windjammer mini monologue. I like Marshall's Carl is a vampire theory. You know, Marshall's desperation to know where the pineapple came from. Uh, you really got to pick a favorite joke. I don't. I will list all of them. My least favorite joke is Lily peeing and Barney having seen it and says, wait, I did see it. Yeah. Uh, that didn't work for me, and I think it was cut out of the TV one for a reason. Yeah. Hmm. Well, do you like, which is worse, that or the doo-doo joke? That one. The doo-doo keeps coming back, which makes it annoying, but I really, at least the doo was quick and went away. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to go with you on that bathroom one, too. Um, if you would like to reach out to us, please email us at runklerecaps at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at runklerecaps, on Instagram, underscore how I met your podcast, underscore. And if you would be ever so kind as to leave us a rating and a review, that would be greatly appreciated. All right, well, Jen and I have to ride off on our horse, Windjammer. Goodbye. Bye-bye.